Abba Yahweh, your knowledge, the wisdom that you've shared with me to share with my brothers and sisters, bless the sharing of this word to them, Father, for their encouragement and uprightness, and for their exhortation, Father, and to exhort them to a higher plane and that higher love and higher understanding and to seek your word for your glory and the glory of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Brothers and sisters, I got some more word for you here. Um, I watch a rather disturbing um, lecture by, well, not really a lecture, but it was a, a speaking engagement from um, a woman. Uh, and she's an attorney. And she lives in Orange County, California, and is very disturbed by what's going on uh, in regards to this quote-unquote vaccine that is not a vaccine, that is actually a gene-altering narcotic that has been laboratory-manipulated. Now, there's, like I shared with you before, there's knowledge and information that I have and have tried to share but as the Bible says it numerous times in the book of Revelation, when the angels are sharing in the vision with John while he's on the island of Patmos, in the first seven chapters, they that have an ear, let them hear. So if you don't want to hear it, turn it off or delete it. That's fine. You do what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you, and I already shared with you, that what I tell you is truth. I have this thing about truth. Didn't used to because I had not engaged with my, my natural heritage and I had not engaged with my Lord, Father, God as I should have been. And I shared that little bit with you as, as well. If I had been the man of God that he intended me to be, instead of running around doing all this silliness, I'd still be with my son's mother. But then I wouldn't have my second son, wouldn't have my granddaughter. So there's a lot of things that go on and God allows to take place for certain reasons. Anyway, we're getting off track here. And I want to share with you that this, this, uh, it's just, it's absolutely despicable. And yet there are people and some that claim to be Christian that just fall into this category that they're just, just laying down and letting these why it disturbs me so much, brothers and sisters, because these people are supposed to be protecting, protecting the citizens, the doctors that are lying and pushing this untruth out onto people. They have completely forgotten their Hippocratic Oath, which they are supposed to protect and take care of people. And they've completely forgotten that. And you say, well, how can you say that? Well, because it's not a vaccine and old enough and have studied enough and gone to enough schools that I know a vaccine carries a virus. None of these shots that they're giving to people are carrying the vaccine uh, format in regards to the virus. They don't even have virus in it. They have RNA genes, brothers and sisters, RNA genes. And when you have a, vi a vaccine, it's supposed to enable your body to... Uh, fight and 
register when this certain thing comes in to infect your body and that your body's going to be stronger for it and be able to resist. You know, I've had vaccines and, and numerous vaccines when I was in the military. These shots do not carry any of the COVID, which incidentally has been in knowledgeable existence in this country for over 77 years. However, COVID-19 is a man-manipulated laboratory transfigured virus that is doing something different. So anyway, enough of that. But it's very disturbing because what they're attempting to do and what they attempted to do before a whole bunch of people jumped on Gavin Newsom and his crowd in California is they were going to completely disregard parental discretion and their guidance for their children to get the shots and they were going to bypass the parental controls and just go ahead and give the kids a shot and not even tell the parents about it. Uh, excuse me, that's not only a violation of state law, federal law, and constitutional law, but these folks are just willing to throw anything out in order to get people these shots and vaccines. And brothers and sisters, there are those of you out there that are so naive, they're just trying to protect us. Brothers and sisters, this is a much deeper, darker agenda than anybody has consideration for. And let me tell you what else I see out there. I see these uh, so-called Christians that just run around and doing their traveling and doing all their, their things that they're doing. And it was the same as it was in the time of Noah. And it was spoken of in the Bible that there is just no care or concern. They are not watching, they're not studying, and they take the opportunity to take off from studying the Bible whenever possible. And they just go and they just do their thing and they have no consideration of the word of God, no studying the word of God and not paying attention to what's going on around. And so they become very blinded or jaded, may I say, to things that are going on around them because they're very concerned with being able to travel the world or travel the country or do all this thing that they want to do and go do all this stuff. So the manipulation is that they're utilizing this vaccine passport. You won't be able to travel or do all these things that you want to do without that card and without that passport saying that you got your shot. You cannot travel. Hmm. Interesting. And also I find very interesting is that when these things were coming out to press upon folks and they found that there were a lot more people that were not going to get these shots and they decided not to get them because they had actually researched and came up with good factual information. They started making a manipulative tendency toward that travel situation. And then they added to that the fact that you would not be able to go to a store or that stores could refuse to sell to you if you didn't have your COVID vaccine passport. Interesting. Interesting. And I bring that up, brothers and sisters, because of the analogy. And the Bible has a lot of analogies in there. <clears throat> Does it not sound familiar? So I'm going to, I'm going to share with you a couple things. And one thing that I was taught a long time ago and actually 
told by my father and which I learned when I was in the military. Assume nothing, assume everything. So I don't want to assume that all of the listeners or whoever decides to listen to my podcast is knowledgeable with certain words. And I'm not going to assume that everybody is and just speak over and through everyone. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to blanket this and I'm going to give definitions so that we're all on the same page. So analogy definition one is a similarity between like features of two things on which a comparison can be reached. And definition five, I'm not going to, I didn't go through the whole things, but these are the most important. A form of reasoning in which one thing is inferred to be similar to another thing in a certain respect of the basis of the known similarity between the things in other respects. Wrap your head around that a minute because I'm going to get back to this and I'm going to get back to the reason why I went off on that little thing before. A similitude. Definition one. Likeliness or resemblance. It's a likeness or resemblance. Very similar to something. Almost alike. A person or thing that is like or the match or counterpart of another. You're going to understand this when I get into the scriptures. Right now, I'm just kind of on a little tangent here because I'm very disturbed by what I see going on. And the reality of the truth is in my heart. So I am concerned by others. And I have people's names written in my heart and in my memory about what they're doing because they're doing this very thing. They're, it's as if they don't care. They're just going out and going about business and they could care less about the Bible. They just want to be able to go and travel and do what they want to do. Unfortunate. Now here's your, your uh, an allegory is a representation of an abstract meaning through forms could be a diagram drawing and its representation to portray something in a certain way. It is also a figurative treatment of one subject under the guise of another, speaking one way, but the implication is something else entirely. Politicians do that a lot. When you have bills that they try to present, They have what they call piggyback clauses on them. And you think because the main heading on this bill is like, oh man, that's going to be so good. However, brothers and sisters, you need to read the piggyback clauses that are attached. Because when you sign off on that bill and you vote it in, and those piggybacks, which are allowed incidentally by law, they're allowed to do that. And you sign that bill and you vote it in, and that very egregious addition that was put onto that, it's too late because you already you already voted for it. And then you're going to gripe and complain, but it's already in. And they're allowed to do that. So anyway, they're allowed to do that. Now, here's your biological lesson for the day. And then we're going to get into the scripture and the reading of the word. The frontal lobe of the brain is the most anterior That means it's the one that's the farthest up front and that it sits right behind 
the forehead and it goes back to the precentral gyrus, which is basically right in the middle of the brain and your brain is split into, you have the frontal lobe, the anterior lobe, and then you have the left and right and you have different parts of, of actions that you're... Now, the frontal lobe, the whole responsibility of the frontal lobe is for your high cognitive functions such as memory. And you're going to understand, like I said, when I clarify this and we get into the word. In the book of Revelation, the angel came to John in the first seven chapters and the angels representing the vision to John that they were talking about the different churches. And this is where I always get into this with when I remind you, brothers and sisters, of this thing here, that the angel always made sure to tell them. And here it is right in chapter 2. The angel mentions in verse 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of of the paradise of God. Brothers and sisters, you have to hear it. You have to listen to it. You have to understand. And that which ye have already, uh, this is, I'm sorry, this is in chapter 2, starting at verse 25. But that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken into shivers, even as I have received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And Again, the angels are talking about the churches of Sardis because there are certain things. John was writing this vision because God was disturbed greatly on the visage of the different churches. So the angels came and they represented it. And each one of these churches, like the church of Sardis, and again in chapter 3, the angel reminds John through the vision, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Brothers and sisters, we are the church. We are. It's not a building and it's not down the street that cultural Christians believe it is, that they can carry their Bible and walk by it and that they're going to absorb the Christianity. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of the church, brothers and sisters. We are. And this angel is talking about what we do and our attitude with that, the character that we have in our hearts, because God made us a free will choosing people, a free will creation. He desires for us to be with him, but he also gave us a free will. So if you turn your back and you don't listen, you don't pay attention to what's going on, chances are you're going to be lost. And I pray that that doesn't happen because I love everyone as much as I possibly can with the love, that higher love that I've shared with you before. Listen to this song. It's not talking about Eros or Filial love. I believe that this artist, Stephen Woodward, 
was looking for something. He didn't understand quite what it was, so he wrote the song, I'm looking for a higher love. And the Bible talks about that higher love. It talks about the love of God. Because innately, brothers and sisters, as we are, we're not willing to do that. Look at how we treat one another, for crying out loud. We judge each other by color, by cash, by clothing, by smell. We are so judgmental. How do you figure that that's loving? We turn our backs to people and we treat each other like crap because that's the nature of the beast that we are. But God desires us not to be that way. And rather than destroying us like he did in the time of Noah, Jesus Christ came to give us an opportunity. So here I'm sharing in Revelation chapter 3. And I'm going to go into 14. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things, saith the Amen. That would be, so be it, that's another term that's given to Christ and God. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would, thou wert cold or hot. So when because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Wow. I don't want God to spew me out. I want him to see and know and can feel that I am on fire for him. I want to be a man on fire. I pray that you are brothers and sisters on fire. And those that are more concerned with getting their little shot travel papers and being able to go and do all these things that they want to do while here on earth, which is not our home. I mean, I have learned to adjust things. I don't have to be out ramming around and doing all this stuff. Happenings don't determine my happiness. And they go out and they travel and they don't go to church. They're missing for two or three weeks at a time because they're out gallivanting or they're meeting family out somewhere across the lands or even across the world and globe. And that's what their intent is more so than being in the Word and studying. Now, I'm not saying that it's not bad to, to want to be with them and go and, and visit and all that. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is to put your focus on that rather than on God. That is the problem. Don't focus on being able to go and do and dash around and dart around. Focus on God and pray about those other things. Guess what, brothers and sisters? He will help you to be able to get things accomplished if you want to be with him and you pray earnestly and you're righteous in your prayers and, and what you do and you seek him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given unto who? Unto you. But you have to put God first. Don't put your travel plans first. Don't put your monetary issues first. God first, and he will add to your belongings. It will add to your life. It will add to you. He doesn't want us just to exist. He wants us to be thriving, brothers and sisters. I feel very much alive here. I don't have a lot, and I've shared that with you before. But you know what? I have the joy of the Lord. Oh, my gosh. I'm doing this 
podcasting thing that I never thought would ever happen. And I'm talking about God to who knows who. And I'd have brothers and sisters are listening as well. And there was a time where I was too afraid and intimidated to do this, brothers and sisters. Too intimidated. So let's continue in the word. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. See, this is what I'm saying. Your focus is more on what you have and what you want to do than the reality. So the reality is that you're really miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and wild raiment, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice... And open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. God is sending. Jesus Christ is knocking at the door and just asking. This is about salvation, okay? We're talking about that. He's there. And you feel this little tug in your heart. Man, maybe I should check into this. Whatever. That's the Holy Spirit trying to convict you to come back, okay? Conviction has nothing to do with going to prison. That's not what that's about. A conviction of the Holy Spirit is getting one to change their mind from their miserable, wretched life that they're in and complaining about or that will ultimately end up with them perishing. Incidentally, perishing is not dying physically. Perishing is dying spiritually. Perishing is being forever away from God, the sovereign that created us, and being with Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son that came to save us, and the Holy Spirit that walks among, guides, and teaches us. I mean, what greater eternity would there possibly be? The very being, the very person that created us, the very being and person that came and saved us, that laid his life down for us, and the Spirit that comes to teach. Oh my gosh, that would be incredible. Brothers and sisters, and again, here at the end of chapter 3, to him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Oh, brothers and sisters, I don't want to be lukewarm and have God put my cup to his lips and say, ah, pooh and spew me out because it's just tepid. He would rather you be cold and just completely walk away or on fire and hot to zealously pursue the word of God to teach and preach and share the gospel the best you can. And there are those that will not leave their comfort zone because they've fallen into this pandering that's going on and they've allowed themselves to become fearful. Remember what I said. It's not bad to be afraid. God knows we are. He knows. Come on, brothers and sisters. He's omnipotent, omniscience. 
He can see everything. He neither slumbers nor sleeps nor rests. He watches us all the time. He looks to take care of us. And remember this too, brothers and sisters, when the shepherd takes the one after leaving the 99 and he comes back with that over his shoulders, there is such joy and happiness and rejoicing. There is more joy in heaven over the one who has backslidden or even who has never known Jesus Christ. There is more rejoicing, and it's a big hoopla going on in heaven. It's a heavenly hoopla. Yeah, okay, so I'm a little comedic too, verbose and comedic. But they rejoice mightily over the fact that a sinner has come and or repented of what they have done or a backslider has come back and like the prodigal son. That's what that whole story is about. In case you don't get it, brothers and sisters, that's about one who's backslidden, walked away and then said, what have I done? What a nutcase I am. Father, forgive me. That is the return of the backslider. And he runs to you and throws his arms around and kisses you on the neck and draws you in tight and he will squeeze you with godly strength that will almost crush your bones. But he doesn't because he's got plans for you. But he loves us so much. How much? There's that two little letter word again. So much. All right, brothers and sisters, I do love you greatly. And I'm going to share one more I had here. I thought I had one more. Oh, I'm sorry. I do not. Oh, yes, I do have one more. I'm sorry. I do. So here is this in Revelation 13. Eight through 18. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed and he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth and in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he hath power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had a wound by a sword and did live. The beast and the false prophet, brothers and sisters, this is what they're talking about. And he had power to give life unto the image of the, of the beast, and that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship, the image of the beast should be killed. Brothers and sisters, 
there are many, and it saddens me greatly, that there are many actually uh, that call themselves Christians that don't want to hear about this part of the Bible because it's all doom and gloom and it's so darkness. I just want to hear the happy, happy, joy, joy. Well, guess what, brothers and sisters? The reality of life is not happy, happy, joy, joy. The reality of life is that there are those that will come to take, steal, destroy, and plunder anything that they possibly can. And if you are faithful to God and you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all the more joy for them because they will take greater pleasure in doing that. And if they wound up to kill you because of that faith, so be it. They don't care. They would take great pleasure in that. This is why I tell you, brothers and sisters, you have to be of good, strong courage. Do not be afraid that God is with you wherever you go, with me wherever I go. And if that should happen, then so be it. Because you know what? I believe in my heart that when I get to heaven, God's going to say, could have been better, but well done, my good and faithful son. Come on in. Yeah, I always say that. I could have been better. I could do better. I could have, you know, but that's the way, that's the our nature. That's my nature. But I'm not sure that God would say that. That would be in my heart to say that. That would be in my mind. But God's going to say, well done, my good and faithful son. Come on in. I am glad you are here. I'm glad you've done the best you could possibly do because that's all God sees in us is the best of us. We diminish what we are. We diminish our gifts. We diminish everything. Yeah, we do. We even diminish God. As I shared with you the other day, looking through binoculars backwards, how far away and how minuscule it appears that God is. But if you turn it around and look through the proper spiritual vision, all of a sudden he's magnified. Magnify the Lord thy God. Brothers and sisters, I love y'all. And the time is coming here. It is coming greatly. So when I shared these things here uh, with analogy and brains, and then we went to the scripture, I'm going to briefly touch on that, and then I'm going to let you go because I'm, I'm starting to get verbose, I know. Okay, so when the Bible talks about taking the mark of the beast on their forehead or the right hand and... Just as it is, this is biological information and been clinically studied and all this. They spent hundreds and millions of dollars on research to find out that most people in the world are right-handed. So that's why, um, and actually also in the biblical times, it, it was known and found that most people are right-handed. I don't know how they did that study. I'm, I'm not sure. Probably Luke because he was a physician. But at any rate, the number of the beast is on the right hand or on the forehead. And as I shared with you, the frontal lobe is responsible for the memory and that's directly behind the forehead. That's the frontal lobe. So the analogy part would be that they are not gonna put a physical tattoo with the number on your head or that you have it in, in the palm of your hand, but that you carry a card that has a number and if you don't have the card with you physically, that you would have to remember that number, or they may as well have you, while they're holding the card, have you recite that number to them, because if the card didn't belong to you, you wouldn't remember the number, or many times people wouldn't cause that to be uh, put into memory. 
So there are many things that are going on. And as I say, brothers and sisters, this is a deeper, darker agenda that's going on in the world behind all this stuff than what you can ever imagine. And um, I'm sharing this with you because it's factual, it's gospel, it's truth. And I'm not, uh, this is not a political statement or an agenda that I have by any means. This is a factual statement, and it makes me very sad that these things are going on. It makes me very upset, but not. I can't be angry about it because this is also prophesied in the Bible that these times and these things are going to happen. Um, it just saddens me because I see that there are those around me that I care greatly about. And it saddens me because I'm a veteran, a patriot, an American citizen. And it disturbs me greatly because I've been around communist countries. I've done, been places that people should not ought to go. But I was serving my country. I was doing what I believed to be the right thing. And consequently, things are embedded in my memory and I have things that I deal with. I shared with you the PTSD issues, why I have my two companion dogs because of my PTSD and things that go on. And my guardian angel, my guardian angel that God allowed me to see that night because they were coming at me. They were coming at me in the dark. They were coming at me hard. And he allowed me to see my help. The angel guarding my bridge so that the demons could not come from the darkness into my space. He was not allowing them. And my two, Honey and Oreo, they went to stand beside him. And I called and the angel just looked down to each side. And then he looked to me and he smiled and nodded his head that it was okay because they were trying to help protect me. Brothers and sisters, look to the hills from whence your help cometh, because they are there. As a prophet prayed to God to allow his student to be able to see the help, he was so afraid because of the numbers and the army that surrounded him and the city, and he was afraid that they would die. But then he opened his eyes and God removed the scales and he could see the heavenly host and the hills from whence our help cometh. Chariots of fire, horseback warriors from heaven, all lit with heavenly fire. They're with us all the time, brothers and sisters. God does not let us see into that realm often, if at all, because let me tell you this about that. It's a scary place. So, if the angels are so magnificent and beautiful, because this man that was standing at my bridge was a, was a handsome fellow, and his countenance was just, man, and on fire. On fire. Whew. On fire, but not consumed. Wow. Can you imagine what the demons would, would look like when they came out of the darkness? It would be just the opposite. So, brothers and sisters, there's a reason God doesn't have us look into that realm. But you need to be aware of the analogies that are being made and the uh, similitudes that are going on with these things. 
these cards, these documents and things with numbers and all that that you have to have in order to shop and buy and travel. This is exactly what the Bible has prophesied, exactly what the Bible is talking about, the mark of the beast, the lies and the pandering that are going on. That's what's disturbing to me and that there are those that are buying into this because they're so concerned with being able to travel that they're going to get this thing and do exactly what they're meant, they're, what they're trying to get them to do. So brothers and sisters, I pray for you. Please, if you have not gotten this thing, just pray about it. Seek the truth. Seek the word of God and the teaching and the leading of the Holy Spirit before getting these shots, please. I implore you to please, please just pray about it. And if you make that decision, then that's fine. It's your choice. But I'm just, I'm just trying to get you to, to seek reality and truth and don't just jump on board with anything. And as I told you before, and I'm going to remind you again right now, try my spirit, brothers and sisters. I righteously dare you to do so because I'll tell you what, my spirit is of truth. My spirit is of the word. My spirit is of my Father God for his glory and the glory of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and for the salvation of any person that would hear it and offer themselves and say, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, and God, I have faith. That's it. I love you. You have a good night. And yeah, I got a little verbose again. There I go.